How we doing? Episode 71 of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey. As always, of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. The 2021 NFL Draft is done. All seven rounds have finished. All three days are over. And what a three-day period it was. I think I tweeted this over the weekend. There are some people, non-sports fans, non-football fans, who will just never get our love for this event. And I guess I understand that because no football is actually happening. There is no football being played. But there are non-sports fans and non-football fans, which is totally fine if you don't like sports or football. I mean, like whatever you want to like and don't like whatever you don't want to like. Everyone lives their own life. But there are some people who just don't get why this event is so important, why we wait months for it, why we talk about it so much, and why our excitement levels are at an all-time high when it's actually happening. And what a 2021 draft it was, too. Fans were in, were at the event after last year's virtual event. The cheers, the boost toward Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell hugging those who were drafted. We're not back to normal completely. Like, still wear your masks and socially distance and be safe. But we're getting there. We're much closer to normalcy than we previously were. And that this draft really opened my eye to that. We're getting back to normal. We're not there yet, but we're making progress. But the draft is done, as I said. And now we've entered the time of the year where we start to decipher whether our team did good or whether our team did bad. What our teams did and what our teams didn't do. What our teams should have done and what our teams shouldn't have done. And I see here right now, Tuesday, May 4th, around 4.30 in the afternoon, have had a couple days to, I guess, process what happened this past weekend. And I can tell you right now, this is one of the better drafts I've seen the New York Football Giants organization put together. Because trading back in the draft, if you can strike the right deal, is such an underrated move to pull. Dave Gettleman had never traded back, ever, as a GM. I believe in, I think it was eight drafts, whether it was with the Giants or the Panthers, never traded back, not once. And then he does it twice in the first two rounds. I believe I said this the other day when I had my reaction to the first round pick, episode 70. Once I saw the Eagles jump the Giants, so the Giants were at 11, Eagles were at 12, Cowboys at 10. Eagles swap picks with the Cowboys, they jump the Giants, they go to 10, and they take Devontae Smith. Once I saw the Eagles jump the Giants, I say, okay, Philly's taking Devontae Smith. Giants could have, I think, likely wanted Devontae Smith. 
So I said, once the Eagles got to number 10, Giants trade back. If you can find a deal right now and you can strike the right deal, trade back. They found the deal. And they struck the right one. Moving back from 11 to 20. Swapping picks with Chicago. Getting Chicago's 20th pick. And then getting Chicago's 5th round pick from this year. Next year's 4th round pick. Oh, and next year's 1st round pick. So now the Giants have 2 picks and 2 1st round picks in 2022. And then with that 20th selection overall. The Giants still were able to make a superb value selection with the acquisition of Florida wide receiver Kadarius Toney. I said, I think last month after free agency had basically wrapped up, the Giants could trade back and get a receiver, a talented receiver too. They could trade back to late first round, which is what they did, and still get a talented receiver, which is what they did. After they signed Kenny Galladay, they didn't need to rely on getting a... Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase if he somehow fell back to 11 or if the Giants traded up to get him. They did not need a guy like that. The Giants could have traded back and still gotten a talented receiver like Darius Toney, which they did. But I never thought they were going to get a first round pick from trading back, but they did. They did better than I thought they would. They got a better haul than I thought they would. That's huge. Two first-rounders next year, especially when next year is supposed to have a deep class, deep draft class, and next year's picks are supposed to be valuable considering the evaluation process is hopefully going to be back to normal as we exit the COVID-19 era. That's fantastic. And that's a great move by this organization and this front office. Moving on. Second-round pick. Giants do it again. Trade back. Go from number 42 overall to number 50. They get a the Dolphins' third round pick out of the deal. And they were able to get a steal in Georgia edge rusher Aziz Ojolari. I'm stunned he lasted until 50. Stunned. I thought my... I would have gone with Uwusu, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the linebacker out of Notre Dame at 50, who was somehow still available at 50. I couldn't believe that. But... Ajolari is a good pick. They needed an edge rusher. Um, and it, it's a great pick. He will add talent to this edge rusher group, which is exactly what this edge rusher group on the Giants needs. Lorenzo Carter isn't overly reliable and he's not consistently healthy. O'Shane Zimenez, also not overly reliable or consistently healthy. Ryan Anderson, who the Giants signed this offseason, who previously played for the Washington football team, you don't know what you're going to get out of him at all. You really don't. Giants needed talent in that area, talent in that area, and they needed a surefire pass rusher that they could use in a number of situations. They got that in Ozolari. I said they didn't need a star edge rusher. That's why I was not for the Giants getting an edge rusher in the first round or drafting one in the first round. They just needed a guy who they could fit into the edge rusher rotation and have him fill a specific role and just be a reliable piece within that rotation. You know, Patrick Graham runs a lot of situational matchup-based schemes. So they just needed a guy who could fill a specific role. 
Ajolari should be able to do that while adding talent to this group, which, as I said, is what they needed, period. Moving on to the third round, Giants decided to trade up. I know I said trading down is an over is excuse me trading back is an underrated move, but I like this trade up. Why? Because they were able to use the fifth round pick they got from the Bears in the first round trade. That's using your resources collect correctly. And with their third round pick, which they went from seventy six to seventy first, they got Aaron Robinson, a UCF corner, and they are most likely high on Robinson, or else they wouldn't have traded up to get him. Giants needed depth in the defensive backfield, and that's what Aaron Robinson is going to provide for them. He's versatile. can play on the outside. He can play in the slot. He can line up as more of a um, in more of like a linebacker role as well. I saw in some of the film. And if he's versatile, that's great because Patrick Graham preaches versatility, and so does Joe Judge. So he should fit in with Graham's scheme, but I don't see him starting right away, but he'll be a valuable depth piece, that's for sure. I mean, the Giants already have their guys in place, it seems, for the defensive backfield. I mean, Bradbury and Adoree Jackson are going to be on the outside. Darnay Holmes is going to be in the slot. Um, Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan at the two safety spots. They'll have Xavier McKinney, um, who is a name that I feel everyone forgets about because he didn't play a whole lot last year because he was hurt. But he was arguably the best safety in last year's draft. He was, I think he was the first one taken, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he'll be a situational defensive back. So Robinson will be kind of like that, a situational matchup-based defensive back. I could see him playing in the slot uh, for the majority of the time. But, you know, that's that's fine. And that's expected from him initially. You know, it's not like he was a top 10 first-round pick. You know, like, it's not, he, this isn't someone who's going to be expected to lead a secondary right away. He'll be a depth piece at first, and that's fine. He'll get special teams reps possibly as well, and they'll go from there. Uh, now the day three picks kind of surprised me. So they went with a defensive end, a running back and another defensive back. Okay. I'm not going to question what they did because the giants had, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not questioning what the giants do right now. Cause they've had a superb off season. I think everybody could agree with that. Even the people who hate, even Eagles, Cowboys, Jets, um, and Washington fans all agree. The giants have had a great off season. So I'm not going to question exactly what they did. I thought they were going to go for an interior offensive lineman, also an offensive tackle, um, and they didn't address the offensive line at all during this draft, uh, which I thought was um, unusual. I thought that, that that's not, a, not something I expected. I also thought the Giants could have potentially drafted a linebacker in day three. They didn't. Um, I'm meaning an inside linebacker. But I like the picks that they made. Ellerson Smith, the defensive end out of Northern Iowa in the fourth round, um, only had one real good season at Northern Iowa, but the size and the measurables are phenomenal. Six foot six, 252 pounds. That's great for an outside linebacker or an edge rusher in Graham's 3-4 scheme. Um, Also has an 83-inch wingspan and a 33-inch arm length. So (laughs) that's, you know, take that for what it is. But... He, he'll be another body to add to the edge rusher rotation. And like I said, they, they didn't need a star edge rusher, just guys who can fill specific roles, guys who could provide depth and reliable depth and talented depth. And that's what Ellerson Smith and Aziz Ojolari are going to do. Okay, fifth round. Giants took Gary Brightwell, Arizona running back. He's not going to be playing much running back. 
Um, I Unless, of course, Saquon gets hurt again, knock on wood. Hopefully he does not, obviously. Um, and this pick is a little bit out of the ordinary here. I uh, didn't expect the Giants to take a running back, but, you know, he... Brightwell has always been a big special teams guy, and as we all know, Joe Judge preaches special teams. Former special teams coordinator for a long time in New England. Okay? And a special teams assistant. So he'll be a big special teams guy. He'll be a reserve back, but again, let's hope Saquon doesn't deal with another injury. Um, I bet I believe Brightwell did a little bit of uh, kick returning in uh, at the collegiate level for Arizona. I think he had like five returns though his entire collegiate career. If I if I'm if I'm remembering correctly of what I saw, but I mean he could be a return option as well. Who knows? Who knows where these guys where someone like Brightwell will be fielded? But they'll try to get him. They'll get him reps on special teams, and they'll figure out uh, you know where his strengths and where his weaknesses lie, and. With the final pick in the draft, the Giants, with their final pick at least, Giants took Oklahoma State defensive back with Darius Williams. Uh, as I said, depth is important in the defensive backfield. You know, I don't care how loaded this Giant, I don't care how loaded the Giants secondary is with talent. You need depth. Giants got that with Darius Williams. He'll be a special teams guy, reserve defensive backs, and a reserve defensive back if he makes the team past training camp and the preseason. Uh, and the Giants will go from there. But, yeah, I, I thought the... So, again, I thought the day three picks, the pick of Ellerson Smith, Gary Brightwell, Rodarius Williams, they weren't positions that I was expecting. But Ellerson Smith should be a good uh, good piece within the edge rusher rotation. And uh, Brightwell and Williams could be special teams guys. And we'll see how they do at their, you know, at the running back and in the um, as a defensive back, you know, their normal position. So... I'm not going to question anything the Giants did. I'm really not. I think they've had a spectacular offseason. I think they had a spectacular draft. As I said, it's one of the best drafts I've seen this organization put together. The fact that they were able to trade back in the first two rounds, garner extra picks, including a first rounder next year, and still get a guy like Kadarius Toney at 20, which was not a reach. Not a reach at all. There's no way the Giants would have could have waited until the second round to draft him because the Urban Meyer said the Jaguars would have drafted him at 25th overall. So he wasn't a reach. Um, and the Giant, you know, trade back again and still be able to get Aziz Ojolari uh, at number 50 overall in the second round. I thought the Giants did fantastic, you know, in this draft. And when you have a good amount of draft capital, you can move around. The Giants got the fifth round pick from the Bears and then were able to use that to trade up in the third round to get Aaron Robinson. You know, good teams and good evaluate good evaluators of how the draft board is shaping out you know, they're able to move around and they're able to figure out where to go. If they can go back, if they can go forward, if they can package a couple picks and move up, you know, and that's what the Giants were able to do. The Giants were able to find good picks, good players with the picks they had. They but they were able to execute great value picks um, and get resources for next year. Right now, the Giants have two first-round picks, two third-round picks, and two fourth-round picks next year. And it's a deep draft class. And the, and the picks are going to be valuable, as I said, because the evaluation process and the scouting process of these players is going to go back to normal, which enhances the true value of these selections in 2022. So I was very excited. All Giant fans should be excited with how they did uh, in this draft. It is interesting, though, how, uh, you know, I said this, I believe I tweeted this over the weekend. 
And I'm not sure what's exactly going to happen. I mean, no one is. Is it still months away? Training camp is still months away. I will say this, though. Every every time the Giants add to the edge rusher position or they add to the defensive backfield, the more and more I start to believe that O'Shane Zimenez and Julian Love and guys like that will get phased out. You know, may, they may be fighting for their jobs later this summer. So I, I, I think I read a great tweet over the uh, over the weekend. I forget who it was from. I wish I can credit them, but it was like they said. You know, you'll start to see you'll start to see guys from the Shermer era get phased out, I guess. You'll start to see guys like draft picks and signings from the Shermer era start to get phased out and they'll be fighting for, you know, there's they'll be fighting for spots on the roster. I think that's I think that's very 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 fair. You know, I I I seriously think there are guys like Zimenez and Julian Love and, you know, maybe Lorenzo Carter who are going to have to be careful. With you know, th- th- there's not enough spots on the team, and these guys might get phased out. These these guys were not chosen. You know, Judge was not the head coach yet when these guys joined the team. And then there's other guys like you know, I don't think they're they're, they're not going to get cut ahead of this coming season. But you know, when it comes to the 2021 regular season, guys like Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are going to have to step up. You know, if, if Sterling Shepard isn't spectacular in 2021. He may get he may get released ahead of the 2022 season. And Darius Slayton, obviously he's younger and cheaper, but it is interesting how Darius Slayton is already the fourth wide receiver on the roster. So it's it's um I, I find that interesting. Obviously, Kenny Galladay is number one. Kadarius Tony, I don't want to put a label on yet because we haven't seen him play yet, but I think he'll be fantastic. I I, I wanted him to be the pick uh, for a long time now. And uh, I think will be a two receiver behind Galladay. And as far as the third spot goes, I mean, the organization has always prioritized Shepard over Slayton. So Shepard's going to be the third guy. And so Darius Slayton's number four. And then you have John Ross, who has a ton of upside. Maybe John Ross jumps Slayton and becomes the fourth receiver. And all of a sudden, Slayton's the fifth receiver. It's interesting how, how Darius Slayton has descended down the depth chart in a year. So I think him and Shepard are going to have to be careful um, this coming season. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. I think the Giants have had a spectacular offseason thus far. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if it all pays off this, uh, this fall and this winter. You know, that's, you know, games aren't won in the offseason. They're won in September, October, November, December. Hopefully January and February if you get to that point. If you're lucky enough and good enough to get to that point. So, but... You know, as far as preparing the roster for the 2021 season, the Giants are in a lot better shape than they once were. You know, if you look at the roster now versus the roster two years ago, it's immensely more talented. Immensely. And that's what fans were complaining about. Fans were always complaining about how there wasn't enough talent on this team. Now, that's not so much the case. Loaded defensive backfield. Loaded receiving corps. Um, Saquon's coming back. Uh, Obviously, this defense was great last year and it's you know, hopefully it'll continue to be great. And then, uh, you know, we'll just got to see with the quarterback. We got to see how Jones develops. Hopefully he does. And the same goes with the offensive line. And the and the organization seems to uh, have a lot of faith 
in the development of the offensive line. That's why the Giants didn't address the offensive line at all during the draft. Um, but we'll see. Games are won in uh, the fall and the winter. But the Giants, as of right now, are doing a good job preparing for the season. But for now, thank you so much for tuning in to Episode 71 of the Wide Right Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ryan Honey. As always, of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network, follow me on Twitter, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. That's at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y. Uh, listen to and subscribe to the Wide Right Podcasts uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And all right, talk to you guys soon.